Greetings, Black family, and welcome to On The Wake Up Radio. I am your host, DC Radical One, and you have entered the center. Shout out to our wonderful producer, Cindy Ashby. You can check us out on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and also on the wakeupradio.com as well as otwtube.com. That's otwtube.com. And if you have not gone over to otwtube and started an account, as of right now, it is free to do so. And our wonderful producer would be so excited if you did that. Again, I am your host, DC Radical One. I think most of you all that I see, at least here, are familiar with me. And today's discussion is the manhood crisis in the black community. So we will talk about that shortly. And I just realized that I did not load up a very short clip. Um, But we're just going to move forward without it. let me see who's in the building. Straight Black Pride to Unique One Express, BB48 to I Allen, BB48 to you got ripped off who says smash the like button as you come in, you know, ring the doorbell as you come in. Our wonderful producer is here, uh, Brother Patrick, Peace and Black Power, Straight Black Pride to you, brother, and greetings to the great Lord Bell. So, this is a topic that um, it's one of those topics that's been brewing for a while. And we have readings to SK, uh, Straight Black Pride to Sister Misty. Um, and you know what? My bad. Let me backtrack before we get into the discussion. Because I forgot. We have announcements. Again, May 15th, which is two weeks from yesterday. So it's coming up quick. Our brother Irritated Genie is back. He will be speaking at Everlasting Life Cafe, 9185 Central Avenue, Capitol Heights, Maryland, 20743. Tickets are $25 in advance via Eventbrite. And also, what I've come to find out is if you're buying the tickets and you're coming to the event, buy the tickets via Eventbrite. If you are buying the stream, you want to buy the stream via the link that was sent out in the email. Um, And if you're not on our email address, uh, the Straight Black Pride email, what you can do is, excuse me, you can email me at DC radical one DC dot radical underscore one at protonmail.com and say, I want to be on the email list. And then I will forward that. And then they'll add you to the email list and then they'll send you the information. So in essence, you're buying two different products. There's the in-person ticket and then there's the streaming uh, link. Now, if you've already purchased your tickets and you want the streaming link, email, um, email 
Liberation. Hold on. I think it's Liberation at WarrenHorizon.com or I think it's Liberation at WarrenHorizon.com. You can email them. Um, worst come to worst, you can just email me and then I'll forward the information. Um, yeah, right. It's right here. Liberation at WarrenHorizon.com. You can email them if you've already purchased through Eventbrite and you but you are streaming it. You're not local. So hopefully I cleared that up, even though I fumbled it a little bit. But um, that's the information I got from Jeannie. And I remember last time I was on two weeks ago, somebody asked that question. So provided that clarity. So, again, this event is May 15th at six doors open at 6 p.m. Stream begins at 630. It is gateway to the apocalypse and dealing with our situation with the lockdown and all the things that have been going on there so i'm rather irritated Jeannie will inform us of some things that we didn't know and then connect dots between things we knew but um give us a new understanding unless of course you're already ahead of the game so that is that now Today's discussion, the crisis, the black manhood crisis in the black community is a it's one of those things that's been brewing, you know, and really what happened is that two events occurred recently that made me like, all right, I got to address this. People can take it how they want. But one of the events was the murder of the seven-year-old sister in Chicago where apparently they were trying to do a hit on her father. And then the other event was the murder of the 15-year-old sister by the police. And the response by men publicly, black men, I was just looking at what black men were saying. I didn't really care about anybody else what they were saying. And from my mind, what I saw them, what I heard them say, I just translated it. Uh, Peace to Brother Dawood. And in my mind, they were speaking out of cowardice. Because I've said this before, I'll say it again. You never publicly justify the murder of your children by your enemies. I'm going to say that again. As as an African man or woman, as a black man or woman, you never publicly justify the murder of your children by your enemy. Right? We understand that. Everybody, that make myself clear, everybody hear that. So, I saw that taking place by men and it was not coming from um, some type of balanced, nuanced discussion of 
what was going on in the community and how the community could have prevented it or no, it was coming out of rank cowardice. Period. And so when I saw this, I said, okay, this is yet another thing that can divide the community and another thing that the hats and the feminists can use to denigrate black men. But at the same time, black men have stepped into, you know, stepped into the trap and many brothers have just exposed themselves for being cowards. It is plain and simple. Now, you know, I don't want to litigate the case here. We could go through all the nuance and this and this and that. But again, you never publicly justify the murder of your children by your enemy. Period. Especially in a state where an onslaught is taking place. A genocide is taking place. In open, it's, we can't even call it a warfare because we're not fighting back. So to publicly justify your children's murder is to justify your own murder. You see what I'm saying? And so when I saw it, I was like, I was like, okay, no one, no one's gonna address. All right, I'll address it. No one is gonna address it. No one is going to address it as a man and say, hey, we don't do this. Period. Now, if you want to go behind closed doors and say, man, I don't know, you know, that was crazy. I ain't sure. I don't have all the facts, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. You can. That's fine. You want to do that. Have that nuanced discussion or whatever. Go into uh, what should we should do about the community and blah, 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 blah. But to run out publicly, like as soon as it happens. Oh, man, I saw the video. Oh, my God. Yeah. The cop. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. You know, <laughs> you know, I man, I, I almost, you know, almost start quoting rap lyrics. There's a song, though, y'all can look it up, where Common was talking about Common and uh, Ice Cube. And I admit, Ice Cube is one of my favorite rappers, but Common is not. <laughs> But he had a song called I See, you know, I see something in you. And that song was appropriate for what I saw in Brothers on the Internet when this event occurred. And I said, oh, so that was one thing. So that was bad enough. That was like, but even that you could kind of be like, all right. But then um, when this sister is murdered, and I see her father, um, and I got to find his name. He did an interview. So 
he does the interview and it's a 30 second clip and i thought i downloaded it i don't see it i don't feel like looking for it right now you can find it and he says he said past tense I will die for the homies, right? But you know, in essence saying, I wouldn't die for my child. Now, I have this, I pro- I'm probably gonna have to make a separate video so I can put the clip up so y'all, so y'all know I'm not just lying on the brother. Because when I saw it, and it's, it's only like 30 seconds. I was like, so I was like, wait a minute, I'm tripping. And I posted it. When somebody had sent it to me, I posted it. And then people started saying, did he really say that? So then I was like, okay, I'm not imagining things. And so I had to, because it's, it's so quick, I, you know, I'm just sitting here looking at it. And I'm like, let me look at it again. Let me look at this again. I was like, nah, that's, that's what he said. <laughs> And people are like, did he say that? And I'm like, I've just, I mean, you saw the video I saw. And uh, BB Foley, straight black proud to uh, brother Elijah. Greetings to uh, that boy Tree from uh, Columbus, Ohio. And so, I, you know, I really, I didn't. I didn't know what to say. So then I looked at another interview um, long form because that was it looked like a either Instagram or a Facebook live that that was that clip was taken from. And then I and it's rare that I mention this other people, but a sister said something. And when she said it, it made me real. I had, I was thinking the same thing, but it's not. I was like, nah, I'm tripping. And then there was sister did a video and she was like that because the child was shot like seven times. The man wasn't hit at all. The car was lit up. It looked like something in a movie. And she said, I wouldn't be surprised if that boy and that I think she said that boy, he's like 30 years old or whatever. didn't use that baby as a shield. And I was like, I can't go there i can't go there but the statement points you in that direction right before the straight black pride uh brother kevin austin and so between these two things i said okay the lack of manhood has to be addressed. And the thing is, it's not just our community, but we only care about our community. So what I wanted to do before I get further into it from our perspective, I wanted to bring up an article because I I remember after when I was thinking about all this, I was preparing for the show and going through it in my mind. I was, I remember a discussion about testosterone decreasing in America or in American men. And 
Um, and then recently, and I forgot about this in China, they were saying they were having the same issue. And, you know, the men were getting soft and they were, you know, trying to come up with solutions. So as we talk about the actual concept and the living out of the concept of manhood, I want to go to show that there's an actual chemical um, process that is taking place amongst men, which is changing men in a way that is imperceptible to men and as a group and black men in particular. And what is happening is that the greater society, the hats, you know, plain and simple, the hats, the hats are influencing it so that it is seen as something that is positive. You see what I'm saying? So we have a pro- we have a, a process, partially, I believe, partially natural process, partially engineered process, and then psychologically and the propaganda-wise is being pushed and and validated, right? So that you know, it's like the um, the proverb about the snakes. I mean, the uh, frog and the boiling water. The water's not boiling. Then you turn it up a little bit, turn it up a little bit. Before you know it, the process is done, and we're in the midst of that process. Now, on this show before, I've talked about. We've talked about basically. We've talked about that feminization. We talked about Kid Cudi with the dress. We talked about Lil Nas X. We talked about the. Uh, homosexuality, but we haven't talked about the the physical uh, and chemical and biological changes within men and the lack of reinforcement, positive reinforcement of manhood within the greater society. And this is some, and this was deep. It's occurring amongst men as a total right and so men are starting to notice but one of the things that's happening is the men are lashing out at the women and not going to the source which is the hat right and as men change women are also changing that's a separate show and that brings about the incompatibility you see what i'm saying So let me bring up this article real quick. And it says, you're not the man your father was. Um, It says, according to a recent report from JAMA, excuse me, but I think it's Journal of American Medicine. Medical Association, I believe that's what it is, says testosterone therapy among American men is on the rise. From 2010 to 2013, prescriptions more than doubled, which researchers partially attribute to ubiquitous drug marketing campaigns urging older men to boost low T levels. The swell of interest reflects a genuine physiological shift. Across the population, men today have less testosterone compared to men of the same age a generation ago. Asking why requires untangling a complex web of social, environmental, behavioral, 
factors that are dismantling age old ideas about masculinity and triggering real anxiety about gender roles. Now, how often, right, do we hear or see on the Internet this discussion amongst men and women about gender roles and what men should be doing and things like that? Right. We see this all we see this all the time. But no one looks and says, is there something happening behind the scenes that's changing the nature of what a man is and what a woman is? And is this contributing to the confusion? So I think right now we see the beginnings of it. It says studies show that men's testosterone levels have begun declining, have been declining, excuse me, for decades. Right. The most prominent, a 2007 study in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism revealed a substantial drop in U.S. men's testosterone levels since the 1980s, with average levels declining by about one percent per year. This means, for example, that a 60 year old man in 2004 had testosterone levels 17 percent lower than those of a 60 year old man in 1987. Right. So in essence. If you're talking about, in essence, a one percent drop in testosterone levels per year, basically. And then, in essence, in a century, there are no men. You see what I'm saying? Like, if if this is if this is a consistent drop, which goes to the point of it's something being done because it's consistent, that's the that's the part that's deep. Then, at some point, you there physically no men exist you see what i'm saying now the question become becomes to me um why is that the case and there was a video and i couldn't find it they may have taken it off of youtube there was a ted talk right and they were talking about the importance of men and why men are needed and you know, this discussion went on. It, and interestingly enough, it was a European male and a European female. And um, I remember seeing it. Uh, somebody posted it. It's probably a year ago, at least maybe longer than that. Um, and so when they posted it and you thought it, I thought about it, I said, oh, wow, because what? This is where you get into the roles of a man, right? And what a man brings. Discipline, order, right? Logic. You see what I'm saying? And the entire concept of protecting and resisting oppression. 
Amos Wilson says that the reason that they attack the man and when you oppress a people is because the man is more likely to resist and resist violently, right? So that there's two ways that you have to attack that then if you want to keep a people oppressed. You either have to continue to physically attack them, the people that resist, which makes people resist. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, the for a prime example, the 60s, the 60s rolls around. People see Malcolm X, then the whites engineer the murder of Malcolm X, and then you have the Panthers come up. So now you have a thousand Malcolm X's with guns doing what he was talking about doing. Now you got a thousand people you got to try to find find a way to kill. So now they say, okay, physically attacking people who resist makes more people who resist. So what what's the other option? The other option is to change the definition and nature of manhood so that resisting oppression is not a part of the concept and the paradigm that manhood is in the community, especially that you're trying to oppress. And then if you're part of the quote unquote elite, when you see the chaos that it causes in the community that you targeted now you can take it on a wider sphere and you can add the chemical and biological agents to it and brother Daoud said um all those things you describe as traditional roles of men are characterized as toxic masculinity by the media and feminists exactly Exactly. And we don't understand why that is. Because if you remove the man and the principles that men instill, you you have chaos in that community. And then you lower the chances of them producing the type of men who will resist and eventually overthrow your rule that's why when i when i had that clip of dr wells and when she was talking about in your frustration they will show you on tv now now think about what i said a couple of weeks ago what happened you have the george floyd trial then they start killing other people and at the same time what do they do while you're frustrated and angry then they show you Kid Cuddy, a man in a dress, just like Dr. Wilson said it 20 years ago. They run in the same play. Now, is the man in the dress going to resist? Is he going to stop the next George Floyd, the next murder of the next black person? No. 
But if they showed you the man that would, you would rally behind that man. So they have to tell you that the type of man that will show up with guns or show up in formation, show up 20 brothers deep, right? When that man shows up, he doesn't get the support from the community because, as the brother said, he's toxic, what? Masculinity. When in reality, what is the toxic version of masculinity? The homosexuality is the toxic version of the masculinity. Why? Because the homosexual, no matter who the woman is, has said by his actions, he don't have to say it, that no woman is worthy of him being with and dedicating himself to. Why? Because he's a homosexual. Right. So when we saw the uh, the uh, politician in Florida, I can't remember his name. Somebody give me his name. He's married to a whole black woman. Right. But because of him being a homosexual, what does he do? He he got a whole he got a whole black woman at home, got a whole family. He runs out and is caught laid up with not one, but two European males. Showing that it's not within the, the nature of the homosexual to be loyal to the black woman. So who are the only men? Andrew Gillum. Thank you, brother. So who are the only men that they have to worry about now? who will produce children, sons who will resist. That's the straight black man. And War Report says, I got into it with a home father the other day and said, you can't be pro-black and pro-LGBT. Brother, the homophiles have infiltrated and are attempting to completely overthrow pro-black african center you whatever label you got that's what they're going after now i've had years ago this is five six years ago maybe maybe longer than that i had a brother tell me strong brother we were talking and he said that a sister told him um and he was either at howard or in the vicinity, because we were in the vicinity when we were talking about it. Um, the sister told him that he can't be pro-black because he is not LGBT. Now, this was something, like I said, this six, seven, eight years ago. Right. So that's been a part of it. Now, the video that I was looking for was it was talking about manhood and resisting. And so when I again, when I saw brothers, for lack of a better word, um, not taking the natural response, which is to defend the child, you know, regard, pretty much regardless of whom or what, publicly. I said, oh, we've been, we have been altered 
So real quick, I want in fact, let, let me go back into this um, into this article. And I think where I left off was, yeah, I left off at the percentages. So it says another study of Danish men produced similar findings with double digit declines amongst men born in the 1960s compared to those to men born in the 1920s. So that I mean, this the show you has been going on for a long, long time. Now, it says the challenges to men's health don't end there. Rates of certain reproductive disorders like testicular cancer have risen over time, while multiple European studies have found that sperm counts are sinking. These trends coincide with a decline in musculoskeletal strength amongst young men in a 2016 study. The average 20 to 34 year old could only no could apply 98 pounds of force with a right handed grip down from 117 pounds by a man of the same age in 1985. Though grip strength isn't necessarily a proxy for overall fitness, it is a strong predictor of future mortality. Now, they're going to make me go and um, find my hand. I forgot what to call the thing, but I got a hand exercise I used to use. You know, they're going to make me go find that because they say, your grip is weak. You're about to die, basically. Right. What's behind all these downward trends? The answer is complicated. The decline in testosterone levels is almost certainly linked to a higher to higher rates of obesity, which suppresses testosterone and may be linked to lower rates of smoking in men. Which I don't. I've never heard that before. Says since nicotine is a potent aromatase inhibitor. Uh, that's, you know, that's interesting. I got to do further research on that. In the 2007 study, however, the age match declines persisted after controlling for these variables. Many observers put more weight on the increased exposure to environmental toxins such as pesticides, parabens, and chemicals common in household products like um phthalates and bisphenol A. Now, this part coming up here is interesting. Says also playing a long-term playing a role are long-term shifts in the way we work and live. Young men are far less likely to hold jobs in manual labor, so they don't have to be as physically strong as previous generations. Right. Um, but then there's another part where it talks about marriage and fatherhood, things like that. I'm going to fast forward past that because it says here that evidence is muddled. Because it says men, Gen X and millennial men are marrying later and having fewer children. So. They don't think that that's the cause. Right. And then it says why one reason why it's so hard to pinpoint what's driving the declines is the sheer number of factors that could be in play to account for low testosterone. Researchers have cited other lifestyle trends 
as wide ranging as increased temperatures in homes and offices. I have no idea what that has to do with lower testosterone. It says lack of exercise, of course, and even tight underwear. Or how about these ridiculously tight pants that brothers have been wearing now for what? Ten whole years. I'm sure that's not helping. Then says, while we know. Supplementing with extra testosterone by itself increases muscle mass. We all we also know that strenuous exercise by itself prom promotes natural testosterone development. And there was another oh man. There was another part. And I can't I can't find it right now, but it basically was saying that there was another part was talking about masculinity and the perception of masculinity amongst millennial men and basically was saying that millennial men do not um, want to be masculine. So, again, you can find this article. This is a three year old article on Forbes says you're not the man your father was. You can find it and go into it and get deeper into it. But I find it real interesting because it talked about the decline in masculinity as far as chemical and biological factors and the, the part, which was the key part. And I, of course, I can't find it now, even though I'm reading the thing where it says that men are looking for a way. Young men, millennial men are looking for a way to opt out of manhood. Why? Let's talk about that part. If you're a black man, especially. Number one. Black men. Are being shot down in the street. By police. By other black men. Right. And no one. And I said this on, on a Instagram live a long time ago. No one tells our boys or can show our boys in this current environment the benefits of being a man. Let that sink in. Most of our boys never hear from men the benefits of being a man. Right. And then in the media, they see manhood being attacked. So if somebody never tells you the benefits of something and then they tell you all the negative parts about it, if you could opt out of it, would you? It's the same way as people have been trying to escape being black for. Since we've been tortured over in this place. Since the torture and murder and rape begin. Black people have tried to escape being black. So now we have the same process where boys are trying to escape being men because all they see is what their responsibility and they don't see what any benefit. The understanding that manhood is your birthright. As well as your responsibility has not been passed on. Right. Yeah, there's a responsibility, but it's your birthright given to you upon your coming into existence on the physical plane. 
as a man, you are the only man. If you're a black man, there is no, you cannot be replaced by women. You cannot be replaced by um, white dudes. You cannot be replaced by Asians. You cannot be replaced by Hispanics. Only black men are black men. And if you doubt that, why are you on, under attack? Your enemy has shown you your power by his relentless assault against you. He fears you because he knows who you are, which is why he tries to tell you to be other than yourself. So as a man, we have to find ways to not only tell, but show and live an example that will be attractive to our boys to say it's worth being a black man regardless of opposition from the enemy. And regardless even of support from the women. Because one of the things that has taken place and it's been so subtle and this this was deep. The men helped do it. That the men sabotaged themselves and didn't even know what I'm about to say. The type of men that women gravitated to has changed. But one of the things that has helped change it has been hip hop. That is the men <laughs> that were putting the example, right? Yeah, I mean, the hats, you know, chose who they chose, but let's be realistic. We were the ones, I'll generate my generation, yelling and screaming that being the drug dealer, the thug, the gangster, this and that, Tupac, yelling thug life, blah, 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 biggie, this and that, and pimping, yada, 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 all that stuff became the definition of manhood. Because what happens? This is what happens. The men define manhood. The women validate manhood. But the discussion of manhood is amongst the men. We define it. There was a time, right? In fact, I, the brother I call my little brother, me, him, and a brother that's older than me used to hang out and he used to wear certain clothes, right? And we used to tell him, you can't wear that. Take that stuff off, right? Not in a disrespectful way. We're like, hey, man, come on, fam. You, can, you don't want to wear that. And he like, because he's doing what his generation is doing. So he's like, what are you talking about? But as he grew in understanding and grew in manhood, he like, yo, man, why y'all let me wear this for six months? Hey, we try to tell you, you know. But as he grew in his understanding as a man, he was able to look at his behavior. And this is something small and alter it because that's part of being a man. But the men, again, are the ones who define manhood.
Now for us, the most important thing for us would be that our definitions are passed down and taken from our culture. Because once it's taken from your culture, you can't worry. You don't have to worry about outside influences disrupting your concepts. And brother uh, Dawood says manhood has been twisted in the black community because from a young from a young age, we get more reinforcement for black men preying upon each other rather than protecting our woman. Hey, brother. It is what it is. You get you. I mean, you people are still getting paid millions of dollars to talk about black men are still getting paid millions of dollars to talk about shooting black men. And it's to the point that these rappers are out here actually shooting each other. And no one has stopped like people did back after Biggie and Tupac. Be like, wait a minute. This this has gotten completely out of hand. No, more millionaires are being made from people shooting each other. And the older rappers don't want to say anything because of their lyrics and what they have said and stuff. And the younger people don't want to listen to them because it a lot of men, young, a lot of young men have never fallen under the discipline of another man. And they, they don't know how to respond to it. Because you have to take and supplement your ego to hear the wisdom that's coming from a man that's trying to help you. But in our mind, because of how we've been taught, what do we always say? Oh man, this dude hating. He mad cause he ain't selling the records I'm selling. He mad cause he ain't got the girls I got. He mad cause he ain't got the jewelry I got and so forth and so on. So the wisdom that somebody may try to impart upon them, right? They take it as hating when a man could be saving your life. Right. In my day, brother, an older brother would say something. I would even if I ain't like it or agree with it, I would at least take it and ponder it. It could come from somebody. I, I've learned stuff from people that I didn't even like and barely respected. But they could have been right on that one point. And I took it and I, you know, it, I ain't see it that way. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But again. When you when you don't grow up again in a household with a father, you don't understand the the way, right? That men show love to men in a way of passing down wisdom. So to you, it sounds harsh if you've been grown up in a female only environment. So you want to buck and get emotional when a person is. Like I say, again, it tr- could well be saving your life. The wisdom he's imparting could be the difference between you breathing the next day or not. That's how serious this thing is. But now, because people who are paid from outside our community are the people who have been defining manhood for 20 years. Now we have totally, completely falling off the horse as a as a group of men as a collective and the best example is it's very simple how come we can shoot each other but we can't shoot you no know, pigs and crackers 
I'm not saying you should run out and start shooting pigs and crackers. I'm saying, how come we can shoot each other? Right? How come I can turn on the news and see people less than two miles away from me in a city that's been gentrified that's less than 50% black when it's 85% black, and I can still see black people shooting each other in the same city where we run out of black people in the city? But you can't even accidentally shoot a gentrifier. Now, you shoot up the whole block, miss everybody, hit a child, but you don't even accidentally shoot up a European. Right? That's how far we have fallen down the well. And that's why in the thumbnail, right, I had the brothers with their pants. I mean, you know. Or, you know, you saw it. Or if you didn't see it, you know what I'm talking about. Because it's symbolic of the taking off of manhood. And Dr. Wilson talked about it in ISIS papers. You sag your pants long enough. What happens? You step out of your pants and you step into a dress. And we see that now every day. So it's not even nothing to discuss. Right. So I had wanted to, um, and I think I bypassed that for now. I had wanted to really get into what testosterone does and why it's important, but I think we have a basic understanding of that. So I won't go into that. You know, this may, who knows, <laughs> this may become a lecture. But I wanted to get into uh, something in Bob Baruti's book, A Safo, A Warrior's Guide to Manhood, from uh, Walimu K. Bamani Baruti, also known as Baba Baruti. And he talks about the natural psychosocial development of African males. And it says, a stage of development, male, the source of self-control and guidance and discipline is external and the level of maturity or thought is ignorance and the relative weight of interpersonal priorities is me in capital letters and then others in small letters. Then it says, as a boy, the source of self-control and guidance and discipline. And I wish I could put this up on the screen. It's external, internal. The level of maturity of thought is information. And then the relative weight of interpersonal priorities are me and others. And then it says the level of man, the source of self-control, guidance and discipline is internal and spirit. The level of maturity of thought is knowledge and the relative weight of interpersonal priorities is small me and capital others. And then it says. As elder, the source of guidance is spirit. The level of thought is wisdom. And the relative weight of interpersonal priorities is capital others. And this is one of the things where a, a prime example of that, of that brother that lost his child. You can see, I can see 
the lack of development, right? As a man, his reactions weren't that of a man. I, I, I was like, I don't, something, what, I don't get it. What's, what's going on? Did, is this not really his child? I, I didn't understand. I said, then I read that and I said, oh, he hasn't developed. I'm looking at a 30 year old male who hasn't developed enough to even process the fact that his child was murdered and it was his job to protect his child and his child was murdered because not what she did because she's seven years old his child was murdered because of what he did because something he was engaged in caused them to shoot up his car because you don't you don't shoot people like that unless it's personal like there's no movie with bullets all over the place and half your car shot up if you saw the pictures of the car. So when I saw his reaction and I saw what he said, I said, I said, he's not a man, but our people, especially our sisters will see him and be like, see, that's what we talking about. Y'all black men, this and that, but he's not a man. Yeah, he he grown and tall and got a beard and all that, whatever. It's not a man. It's a male. It's a difference. And we've been running around as males for too long. And the males have taken over the community. And they're running amok and shooting up everything and killing everything and tipping everything over. We can't build nothing because we can't tell them nothing. So as men, now we got to figure out, okay, do we, I mean, you got two choices. You have to deal, either deal with the males physically, because the only way men deal with men, it gets ugly. Because they ain't going to, not going to be too many (laughs) N-words. You understand what I'm saying? Not going to be too many, and then other words that people say when they get upset or or do we do that and risk most of the men being locked up be shot up or do we have to go and just separate and 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 build something completely separate and cordon off the people who are sane from the from the people who are insane like that from what I see, those are the two choices. There, I don't see a third option. And the bad part is, it's the worst time because we're under assault from every other quarter. You see what I'm saying? We got, you got the pigs shooting up the place, shooting up every. Black person, they get their hands on, got the hats, turning our brains inside out. We got the Asians running them up in Africa, running them up in our community, economically exploiting us. And on and on and on. So this, if there was ever a time where you're most in dire need of men and can't afford to have males. We're in that time. And 
sister Shanique was said, I'm glad you're saying this. I know it's not my place to tell men what manhood is. And our sister, it's the men's job. <laughs> it's the men's job. Sisters like you and other sisters on here, y'all validate the manhood. See, this is this is how it this is how it works. All right. Just being completely honest, this is how it works. If if the women who the group of men consider the high the the best women, for lack of a better word, the iconic women, the women that every man, all the men want, if those women choose the men who are according to African standards of manhood, the best men, then the men who are males will want to become men. How can I, how can I prove that black Panther party for self-defense? Right. Black Panther, the black Panther party, the sisters in the party were some of the nicest looking sisters around. They were young sisters at that time. The brothers were young, right? Sisters were natural. They had every type of sister you want, had chocolate sisters, slim sisters, you name it. And they were attracted to the manhood of the men in the party. Because they had some thorough dudes. Huey was thorough. You see what I'm saying? The other brothers, um, I forgot the big tall brother. He was thorough. Like brother Geronimo G. Jaga was a thorough dude. He had been to the war, came back. So, so the women saw them as as the these. This is the generation. These is our Malcolms. These are our, our. This is the generation of men that I want to be around. So the Panthers attracted the, some of the best looking women. And then they said, you can't even get with me because you're not a Panther. When that when that happens, then what brothers start, even though they're they not joining for the right reason. But you can, you know, you can teach them or you can weed them out. As they come. But as I was talking about before, because of the hip hop and because of the men changing the, the definition of manhood, then the women, they validated it. Okay, well, if that's the case, if the drug dealer, the gangster, and this and that, that's the man. I want me a roughneck. And then that, and here we are with the chaos and the confusion in the community, where at once the protectors of the community against the pig was the definition of manhood. And before that, the discipline of people in the nation of Islam was the definite definition of manhood. And before that, the brothers in the Garvey movement was the definition of manhood. Right. So that so much so that those thoughts and ideas influenced people who weren't even in those movements. Because literally most of the stuff that you saw spring up, like the nation and other things were all influenced by Garvey. Who set the standard, whether he whether there was his intention or not, of black masculinity in his day and moving forward. 
to be race first was being a black man. And even in my, when I was young, a dude who like to marry a European female was to be, you weren't even seen as a, as a man on the same level as a brother who married a sister. And that's from the men that was coming from the men. Many times brothers that did that were just exiled from the, they just went away. And brother uh, SK says out of struggle is manhood developed. Indeed. But now the, the inverse is taking place where Negroes act like if you don't have some type of hybrid, funny looking woman, you're not a man on the level that they are because you can't get that type of woman. So now the, the whole idea of manhood has been skewed and you can listen to many of these YouTube pages and you basically hear men saying they're not responsible for the women. They're not responsible to the community. So, and this is the thing, while a man has to stand on his own, he's still part of the community. And once you say that, once you abdicate that responsibility, you are abdicating a part of your manhood. And I want to, um, again, go back to the uh, book, Asafo, A Warrior's Guide to Manhood. And uh, page 123 says African manhood was and is measured by an individual's ability to spiritually, psychologically and socially stand alone on his ancestral universal truth without the approval of others. No standing by oneself or away from others was not a priority. Standing with the group was. However, since the group was bound by Mayat. What was accentuated was one's ability and determination in the absence of the group to stand up for Mayat, regardless of the presence of supporting others. In the African tradition, there was no real or implied separation of individuals from their responsibility to the group. They clearly and publicly understood that a natural order is not optional. It is a universal universal mandate as defined and modeled by our ancestors then. So it should be with us now. Manhood is an aspiration. It is a lofty and admirable goal that not every male can see or recognize. The road to manhood bestows respect upon the individual male from inside because manhood is measured by the degree of difficulty attempted and achieved. The conditions one faces in confronting the obstacles to survival in terms of degree of difficulty may change, making life easier or more difficult. But the end result will always be the same because there are only two options. One either meets the challenges and overcomes them and, and embraces a true manhood or one seeks to avoid struggle and pain at all costs and become less. It is as simple as that. Shout out to Baba Baruti.
So in this day and time, right? A measurement of manhood comes in the resisting against the enemy. In a state of, and we are in the state of being warred upon, because like I said, we're not shooting back. The measurement of manhood, be before they too, be before they, man. The measurement of manhood is in taking up the struggle against our enemies. So if you're a sister and you like, what kind of man should I be looking for? If you're listening to this, you're looking for a man that is resisting the multiple, the multiplicity of attacks against us. There's so many, you can just pick one. Homophilia, pedophilia, police brutality, economic warfare, destruction of the black family, chemical and biological warfare, poison foods. In other words, as Dr. Weldon said, we're being attacked in all areas of people activity. If the man is not resisting in any way, and if he's not willing, brother, you got ripped off, say white idolatry, indeed. And if he's not willing, this is the this is an important part. Even though the man has to stand on his own too, if he's not willing to come together with other men to build something greater than himself to resist and extend beyond his lifetime, then he's not a man. This is a time where resistance is mandatory. And Dr. Collins said, you shouldn't let a brother come up in your face unless he's a straight soldier. That's what Dr. Collins said. And Brother Dawood says, it's amazing how the standards in the black community have fallen since I since I was a child. Even the brainwashed Christians and gangsters knew the importance of family and traditional roles of manhood. Now there is no standard for anyone. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, there was a time, to your point, there was a time where dudes who were stone cold killers had standards where, wait a minute, it's a park out here, they're children. And either whatever was going down wouldn't go down, or they would tell the children, hey, get out of here. We're about to do something. About to get into something here. Go home. It's, it's late anyway. It's dark. It's about to be dark. Get out of here. Those were the criminals. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Those were... Those were but even... Even in, in that time, at least, there was even a code then. There was a time when there were street organizations because they were organized and they had a hierarchy and they had people in charge. And you didn't buck that those people in charge. I'm not saying that they I'm not even saying that they were right, wrong or indifferent. I'm saying that the nature of even the even the nature of crime was different because of the masculinity in the community. Now, everything is, is a free-for-all, and there's no standard, and there's no organization. 
And whenever someone tries to come and impose some type of standard or some type of law, they get shouted down and don't get supported. From the from the greater community. But then when something happens, the same people who shouted them down and didn't want them to impose any manhood and any authority want them to come and clean up the mess that's taking place or stop the madness that's taking place. That the difference between what the Nation of Islam was trying to do in the 90s in the community and the support that we got from the community at the time. I don't think I don't think you could get that type of support from the community in this day and time. Where the women were happy. Their brothers were coming in there trying to restore some type of order for the most part. Now, the brothers still bucked because they felt like they looked at it as we were trying to stop their money. We're like, look, your money is risking the lives of the women and children here. I'm not I'm not watching your pockets. You risking the lives of women and children. And so, you know, at some point you either have a conflict or you don't. There were plenty of conflicts. And then there were times when there weren't a conflict. The people understood each other. But in this day and time. Where our sons. Can be are given an option to be the daughters of our enemy. How are you going to produce men who will make the sacrifice to better the community? Especially if they don't see any benefits. They don't see, they don't, you can't tell them the economic benefit. You can't tell them the benefit as far as women. You see, you you see people going through the, you know, going through the brothers going through divorces and child support and all that. So, you know, you can't add no benefit there. So literally, as we teach our young men, we can only point to their birthright and the satisfaction of self with one's own development into a man. Which is a result, which is a benefit and a prize within itself. But it's not something that every person can see or understand. And you got ripped off says the Yorugus have assimilated us while at the same time getting us to assimilate them. Our people are savages now and proudly wear shirts that say <laughs> savage. Brother, you said you you wrote a mouthful there. Um, doesn't Cardi B or one of them don't they have a song called "I'm a Savage"? Now, when we were coming up, and Brother Dawood can attest to this, "savage" was a derogatory term that we used for it and five percent for Yurugu and for 
Negroes who were lost, completely lost. Right? It was a derogatory term. Being civilized was positive. Being a savage was the opposite. Now, being a savage is a positive term, just like the N-word and bees and all that. And no one talks about being civilized. That ain't even on it. That's not even on the table for discussion. Civilization. What is that? You don't even hear the word said. Uh, Brother Kevin says Meg the Stallion has a song. Okay, Meg the Stallion. Same, same difference. They are, you know. But thank you, brother. Meg the Stallion. Name name herself after a horse, male horse. Hey. But that's not even, you know, what's deep is that's not even her fault because that is a term that um that came from, I think that came from my generation. I believe the first person I heard calling herself a stallion and she pronounced it a certain way was Eve when she first came out back in whatever that was, 2003 or four or whatever. The thing is that ride or die chicks off. She was so much rather die that she with a whole white man, but that's a whole nother discussion for another day. But yeah, but everything that was negative is now positive. Everything has been inverted, including definitions of manhood. And it's, it, I mean, it's so deep because our enemies are taking the best and brightest of our people, our, our sons especially, but our, our daughters too, but we're talking about our sons right now. And what was that? Yet Yesterday, for this weekend, is an example of what I'm talking about. In it, you had the NFL draft. And if you just look at some of the clips of the players and the the names and um, sizes, right? I I thought about this one year before, but literally they're taking some of the biggest, strongest, and sometimes very intelligent brothers because brothers are graduating sometimes with degrees and whatnot. Most physically virile masculine looking men right brother six five two sixty five cut up no no fat on them right big old brother six foot six three hundred and twenty five pounds run under a five second forty you know two hundred twenty five pound six foot running back with nobody fat whatsoever because you can run all day and run from here to California. And you take these brothers and you're so sure that you short circuited their African mind that you're willing to make them a millionaire and have no fear of them doing anything to overthrow your system. 
Do you understand how secure you have to be in your dominance of another man that you will give his son, who's the biggest, strongest person on the planet, millions of dollars and have no fear of him either physically or economically? You can't match him physically and you just empowered him economically and you ain't scared of him at all. Because he's no threat. Think about what I just said. You're killing a group of people and you give them money economically to their sons who would be their warriors and bribe them with money and funny looking women hybrids and women with all types of crazy uh, 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 surgeries and whatnot. Put them under the tutelage of European coaches and define manhood and masculinity for them through the lens of sports and entertainment. And then the younger men see that and they become the icons and they become the representation of manhood. But the men who are resisting the oppression are not even shown anymore since the days of Dr. Collin. So our enemies are defining manhood and taking the most physically strong and virile amongst us and bringing them closer to them. So that what they say, what the European, the European proverb says, keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. Brother, you got ripped off, says they have no fear because they know these brothers only put on a warrior physique for Yorugu acceptance and money. Indeed. So Yorugu is living out his his proverb of keeping his friends close and his enemies closer. Yeah, bring me bring me a black quarterback. So I can solidify my black economic constituency. Give me one of them boys that can run and throw, jump high. And I'm a football fan, but this is the reality of the situation. I know this is what they're saying. Times are changing. Get me a black guy that can speak well and represent my brand. Right? That's what the owners are saying. Some of the owners are rednecks. Some of the owners of hats. The hats speak differently. YouTube won't take me off for making, for imitating the rednecks. If I put on my, put my hat accent on, you probably short short circuit my channel if I can say it. Peace to Tila Nubia. Haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you. You got ripped off, says, isn't that why they target boys for stardom in high school and sometimes middle school? Indeed. Indeed. They are are always on the hunt to take 
the people who could benefit us the most and mold them as early as possible. And we give we sacrifice our sons to them for the chance of economic gain. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with brothers playing sports and taking care of themselves, being physical and strong. And that's not the point. The point is, as a community, we don't instill them with any of our principles. So that them achieving that could be of any benefit to us. And brother Kevin Austin says, and they're they're drafting and signing them to give the masses of black people the optics that they're not racist. Indeed, because it's still it's 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 still economic exploitation. Because one of the thing one of the things the hat does, the hat gives you a hat agent, the hat gives you a hat lawyer, the hat gives you a hat jeweler, the hat gives you a hat tailor, a hat car dealer. So just because the hat owner paid you, you know, $7 million signing bonus and real estate agent, you're going to give him $5 million and you're going to give the government $1.5 million because you're going to give it to his boy that's the real estate agent and the tailor and the jeweler and all that other stuff. You're going to give all that money to him. And if you're not a quarterback, you probably won't you only have any major endorsements so he gives the money to you the money goes right back into his community and of course it's easy to do because when you're 20 years old 21 years old and the nba 19 years old i mean five million dollars okay i'm good yes thank you i yes i'll take that Right. You're not even you're not thinking about any of this stuff I'm talking about because no one has told it to you. And then what happens is the older players tell you after two or three years in the league or you mess around. If you don't have your head on straight and you don't have proper support in your life, you mess around and the money will ruin your life. Or you'd be like people like uh, Allen Iverson. Where it's being reported that he doesn't have any money, and I don't know how much money he made over his career. To be honest, I have no idea. But I'm sure it's a good amount of change. But you you rarely hear the European quarterback. You rarely hear that story of them running out of money. And brother Allen says, "We're just talking to my dad about how we'll never have another Muhammad Ali type of athlete." Well, the reason, the only way we can have another Muhammad Ali t- type of athlete is because we have to understand the concept of how Muhammad Ali was birthed, as it were. Um, Muhammad Ali was very much the student of Malcolm X and very much, in essence, a child and coming into manhood of the Nation of Islam. And so until we have an institution that is race first, that can take that can magnetize and take in young men, right, and help them accentuate their gifts, but not exploit them, because that part is important. Just because we help them accentuate their gifts 
and we want to reap benefit as a community. We don't want to exploit them and turn people away from that institution until we can do that. We won't have another Muhammad Ali. Now, if we can do that, if we build that type of institution, then we can produce Muhammad Ali's. We can produce different rappers. We can produce different actors. We can produce people behind the scenes. We don't even have to tell people, hey, because the Nation of Islam back then, they had jazz, uh, jazz musicians, all types of people that's part of the nation that people didn't even know was part of the nation. And War Report says their celebrity wasn't more important than their activism. Right. And so you have to build that type of institution to give people a support system that when the backlash comes from the enemy, when they begin to, when it becomes so much a part of their life that they have to speak out about things that's going on, that they won't cower in fear and fear being separated because they know they have a support system. Muhammad Ali was the people's champ. So it, he was willing to take the risk. He was the champion of the nation and champion of black people in general. And then world black people worldwide and then Muslims worldwide. So he didn't have the fear of isolation that modern celebrities probably have. And then when you get into the record industry, you can start talking about, you know, certain rituals and things. That's a whole nother discussion. You see what I'm saying? But it's possible, but we don't, we are not doing the things and we don't have the infrastructure in place to produce the type of men in the athletic arena of the capacity of a Muhammad Ali. I'm sure there are brothers who admire Muhammad Ali and wish they could be that, but they don't have the know-how nor the support to do it. They don't know what it takes and they don't have people around them. They can say, hey, brother, you know, watch out for this. Don't do that. Hey, I know you want to stand strong on this. We've got you if you do, but you might not want to. Now you got two years left in your in your career. When you retire, you can really attack this and there's no backlash. Or what? Or however you know, however you want to carry. It. But you can have those strategy strategy sessions with the brother to look out for his best interest and have his back. But to think that a lone person who many times grew up not even having a father don't know anything about anything pro black or being African and expect them to just come out and stand strong against the entire onslaught of the media and the hats and all that. That's not realistic. And Brother Kevin says the music industry is a perfect example of how so-called black owners and executives exploit their talents to benefit Urugu. Brother, that 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 music industry is just just demonic. Just to be honest, I I can't think of any better way to say it. It is um yeah, it's just demonic. What goes on there? I mean, we've I'm sure everybody's seen videos and heard things and things like that. Um, but yeah, that it's just demonic. That's it. That's that's it. That's all I got.
you know, the savagery and barbarity that goes on there now is just. I don't even feel like talking about it right now. We understand. Uh, uh, SK says the black community is deliberately being kept ignorant of the ways of living. Indeed. A long time ago, a young brother, he said something that I always found so profound. I always quote him. And he said, uh, the way. Well, I'm trying, man, I'm about to butcher the quote. But in essence, he say the way of the uh, oppressed is the life of unthinking. Meaning that people who are oppressed, you know, live like sheep. They can't they can't think because if they think, then, you know. It's like the Matrix. When you look at the movie, The Matrix, he started thinking something was wrong. And that was the beginning of Neo's journey to becoming the one. Right. So. Let's see. Brother Dawu says you can see what's happening when even well-known celebrities get attacked for speaking out against the hats. Right. Exactly. And again, because we don't have the the infrastructure to protect them, and they don't feel like that that the community as a whole will support them, then they they back down and kowtow, and you know, then next thing you know, you have uh, black Jewish Jewish alliances, you know, and you try to figure out. Well, some people try to figure out. Oh man, why why he uh, why he didn't take a stand? Why he didn't do this? Why blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you got his back if he do. But we're gonna help him, you know, pay his mortgage, which is probably millions of dollars. Do we got a platform that we can put him on to do another show? Can we help him in any way, shape, or form? And I'm not saying that that is, you know, the reason why they shouldn't kowtow. I'm just saying that in the mind of a Negro, that's what he's thinking. When you become an African, as Bob Rudy said, standing alone is something that you understand as an African man is going to have to do. You're going to have at some point at times in your life, it's going to be you just standing against the enemy. Right? So I mean that is the um the reality that there is a crisis a manhood crisis in the black community and a lot of things have contributed to it a lot of um a lot of forces are benefiting from it um it's to the point where many of our own women um are contributing and do not they have a fear of of they have a fear of masculinity because they they don't have an understanding of it and they don't they haven't had a positive example of it and many times they've had a negative example of it many times uh brother allen says i was on the front lines i had no support i get it Life becomes real difficult. I do it all over again because there's nowhere on earth you are safe from death. Yeah, that's true. Wherever you're, you know, 
when it's your time to leave, you're leaving no matter where you are. You can be in the shower, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? What brother said, I respect survival though. Indeed. Indeed. We, I mean, I, let's be honest. The we don't because we because we don't have a lot of serious strong brothers, we don't want to lose brothers for no reason. But at the same time, you know, things will happen. You can't be in this fight and not lose people. I mean, you know, the Panthers went through it more than more than any group in modern history. And I don't think some of those brothers, Panthers, BLA, and a lot of those, um, a lot of those brothers, I, I don't think the community gave them the, the respect that they that they deserve ultimately. But as as men, you know, we you know, we got a choice to make. You know, we some some type of way we have to solve the problem. The, sis, the sisters ain't, you know, they telling us without telling us that you you got to solve the problem. You, you got to come up with something. And like I said before, to me, the two choices for those those who would be African is be African away from Negroes. Or try to um, try to, in essence, rehabilitate the communities that we have now, and it's a serious choice. And it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's an, it's an important decision, and it's hard either way. Building a community of African-minded people from scratch in an anti-African environment is a difficult task. Trying to make an Afri anti-African black community closer to African is a difficult task. Either way, the task is difficult. But we're in, we're in a day and time where the task is going to be more difficult as time passes. Because the homophilia amongst our children is growing. And the love for our enemies by our sons has grown exponentially. And now we're seeing the love for our enemies amongst our daughters growing. And you got ripped off says African men need to stop letting males and all other non-African men define what African manhood is. Indeed. And a brother says, uh, says, I say saying African separatism because it's easier to build strong babies than to repair lost ones. Hey, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I vacillate back and forth. And Brother Desaline says, at what point do we say the batch is too far gone and spoiled and it's time to separate and start a new batch? That is, um, that is, a, I mean, that's the discussion we have to have amongst self, not on here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Somewhere else, 
where the brothers who are serious, the decision has to be made and then the plans have to be laid out. And we go forward with the decision, either either or, I, you know, like I said, I vacillate back and forth every day. Every day. I think about this every day. What what you know, what's the solution? And I have, you know, like I said, I've changed my mind a couple of times. By the way, at least I got it on the bottom now because I haven't even mentioned any of this stuff. But you can follow me on Instagram at dc.radical, the numeral one, on Twitter at dc underscore radical underscore one. And the cash app is dollar sign dc radical one. You can donate if you choose. And the YouTube, of course, is capital D small c radical, the numeral one. And the email dc.radical underscore the numeral one at protonmail.com. Dot com and again before they straight black pride the brother Desaline strong warrior up north so again brothers and sisters let me let me not forget let me say this again um May 15th gateway to the apocalypse brother irritated genie returns talking about the most important subject um of our time which is this pandemic and these vaccines and those things that are taking place uh, and our wonderful producer says it doesn't help that public school now lets children as young as three pre-k indoctrinate starting earlier would make things worse yeah you know i didn't think about that yeah you got a point and speaking of speaking of children and vaccines um here in D.C., they passed that law where I believe a child as young as 11 can uh, accept vaccines without a parent's permission. So that I mean, that just goes to show that they're willing to subvert your parenting if you put your children in their schools. So if they're willing to allow your children to do that, what else are they willing to tell your children it's okay to do and brother allen says homeschool co-op should be the solution i mean we we have we have schools and institutions that have been here for generations at least here in dc we have we have two or three and though and, and i'll say this those schools aren't bursting with children where they can't fit them all in the building. So sometimes, sometimes what happens is people begin to reinvent the wheel and we, instead of building upon what our ancestors have already laid upon us. Okay. Okay, brother. You, you got, you got my number. If not, I'll, um, I'll put it in the, uh, I'll, um, DM it to you. You got and in fact, yeah, just DM me what you just DM me because I know they've been messing with your account, so I'm not even sure which one is your main account now. And brother, you got ripped off. Says hospitals in Denver allow 12 year olds to make medical decisions void of parental consent. So, okay, so this is going around, which that's what happens. They yeah, this is what happens. Somebody does it, it becomes law, sets precedent, and then it just starts popping up in other places. And you don't once it, once the first once the first law is passed, 
it basically you can pretty much expect that to be national law unless somebody challenges it. But if you're not paying attention, you don't realize that it's already in other places. Okay, brother. Um, so yeah, that's that's how that that's how that goes. So, brothers and sisters, I think I am going to end this broadcast a little early, but I did want to definitely um address that because I found as disturbing as people's response to um I believe her name is Makia Bryant. As, as as disturbing as that was, hearing that brother talk about his daughter and just some weird, uh, I don't even know what to call it, but some weird, I, I, I have to make a video so I can show that clip because I just can't, I can't even explain what I saw like it was so bizarre and I've never seen anything like that before like I've never seen anyone react a man or anyone really react to the murder of their child in in that manner It, it was it was crazy like we have reached a point where I didn't think no no matter how bad I think it is, is always worse than I think it is. And that's what's scary because I study this stuff all the time. That's what makes it scary. That it seemed worse than I thought. And I, you know, I live in an environment where I don't have to walk far to see dysfunction. So it's hard. So it's weird that I can be surprised, but sometimes I see people say stuff or do stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's extra crazy. Uh, and our wonderful producer says she's the small has to taken over the children. Yeah. Without question. Uh, brother Allen says took my eldest boy out of, oh, out of Cali schools when his mom moved out there because they teach, they teach pedophilia as a sexual orientation. I had to read that twice. (laughs) They teach, I think I saw that, but I, now, sometimes you see this stuff and you just think that somebody will resist it. You don't think it will go through. Um, they teach pedophilia as a sexual orientation. That's making my head hurt. As a sexual orientation. And, that, and see, when Brother Jenny was talking about all this stuff real quick, um, years ago, and, and back in 2003, when he first did, I think it was 2003, either 2003 or 2005, when he first did uh, feminization of the black male. And he was connecting the pedophilia with the homo- homophilia. And he's saying these, these are the same, these are the same things. It's, they have a common origin. It's the same thing, different labels. People looked at him like he was crazy. And now as time goes on and you see just the open, basically acknowledgement of pedophilia, be honest. You know, you see it. 
now no one no one disputes and no one no one argues or debates with him about this stuff now what people do is um now what people do is they try to act like they're the experts you see what i'm saying the people who were opposing brother genie then are people who claim to be the experts in what brother genie taught them now And uh, you got ripped off says, remember 2018, the brother that contacted uh, Jenny because his grandson was forced to wear a dress by your teacher. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I had almost forgot about it, but yeah, I remember that. You know? I. Yeah. And these are things because I've seen other I've seen other cases like that. I've seen other people. So these aren't things that are just happening out of left field and uh greetings to i believe sister nesha or nisha um you got ripped off i'm confused i see his name come up Unique one expresses, I believe there's some type of spell that's going on over the masses that keep that's keeping our people in a low state of mind, making our people act out of character. If you find out what that is, you know, you know where to find me. Let me know. And the counter spell, because uh, that is, yeah, you know. Any solution to the mass psychosis that's going on, I'm with it. You know, let's implement it immediately. Uh, and the brother says, have I seen Buck breaking? I have not. Um, they had an event in Baltimore. <laughs> and somebody said, it's so funny. Somebody sent me the flyer. I just completely, I don't know if you ever see something, you look at it and you, you think you see one thing, you see another. So. Anyway, long story short, I didn't go. You know, I did not go. So, um, I have I had two people that went, and they told me about it. So, uh, I mean, if y'all want me to like watch it and do a movie review, I will. But that's only if y'all want me to, because otherwise, you know, I would like this. My perspective is going to be different because I have access to the premier scholar on the subject. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like anything I see that him or Bob or Rudy didn't produce, I'm just going to be, I'm probably not going to view it the same way other people will view it. So that's probably why. Like I, that's what I said. If somebody wants me to do it and see it and see, tell you what I think, I would do that. But other than that, yeah. Um, says now the same people who oppose Brother Genie back then are supporting Buck Breaking documentary now. Absolutely, and because you gotta look at it this way: when Brother Genie came out as strong and forceful as he did people because it wasn't just the homophilia 
all, we always thought that the homophilia, the opposition to it, was what made people back up. It was the opposition to pedophilia that made people back up. And I realized that as when we just started to do events opposing pedophilia and, and talking about it and exposing it and pointing out people, that's when all that's when all the backlash and the resistance started. Then I was like, oh, because I didn't realize that when you talk about pedophilia, and I ain't gonna be long. What happens is when you talk about pedophilia in the black community, the Dr. Collard effect happens where he says, um, you throw a rocket and a bunch of dogs, the one that get hits hollers. Well, because so many people have been either victimized or are victimizers or have some type of nebulous thing that they may have done where they're not sure it falls under that category. Then nobody wants to talk about it. But we thought that everybody was like, oh, man, why are you always talking about it? They were using it as a cloak to not address the pedophilia. So they pretended to be opposed to him talking about the homophilia. If you understand what I'm saying. Uh, let's see. And cause y'all, you got a lot of comments all of a sudden. Why don't you watch it and do a review? Okay. Um, I can get a copy. Then um, I'll do that. You know, I'm <laughs> it, coming from me. The review will be interesting. You know, I just put it that way. Um, Brother Allen says all the women who call themselves witches should use their magic against our enemy instead of against each other and the black man. <laughs> I man, I'm not even touching that. I don't. That's. That's not my lane, brother. I don't even know. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no clue. Um, and all right, that's it. So, brothers and sisters, with that, I am going to close this out. Again, don't forget about May 15th. At 6 p.m., the live stream will be at 6.30. And remember that that is two different, and that's two different paywalls. So that, from my understanding, the event right is if you are coming in person, right? You're in the DMV area, you're on the East Coast or whatever, you're coming in person. The other link it will be for the live stream. So I want to clarify that because somebody asked me about it and I wasn't clear on it. So I told the genie, he clarified it for me. So that's how that will work. And um, again, gateway to the apocalypse. I'm going to be honest. This is, this might be his most important discussion because if if this, these vaccines and stuff, if it is what we think it is, you can't guess wrong on this one. Like you don't get this right. Is no further discussion. Um, so that's pretty much all I can say about it without getting the channel shut down. Um, 
So if you got a chance to if you got a chance to come out, come out, uh, come out, network with us because we have different type of people from all over. We come from all over the country. And if not, then. Wait, what? Hold up. You got ripped off. You said Gates is throwing his hat into the ring for president for president in 2024. Send me that link because I have not heard that. Send me that link. I hadn't heard that at all. That leaves that you got ripped off the way to the show is almost over. Yeah, I haven't. Um, yeah, and brother, you got ripped off. Said our slave and outright destruction will be prompted by him. I just put it like this, and I think I heard somebody else say this, but if not, I'm sure people thought of it. As black people, we have to understand we're we're not needed for as many things as we used to because they have machines now. So, just just think about it. And if you saw my lecture, my Africans versus everybody lecture, you saw um, you saw Fauci predict the pandemic before it happened. There's only one way to do that, and. If you have not gone over to the OTW2, my OTW2 page, then you need to watch that Bill Gates documentary. It's only about 22, 23 minutes long. Our, our wonderful producer, she'll tell you how it was. And um, it will make you rethink some things. I'll put it that way. So plain and simple, brothers and sisters, we have a lot of things going on. We have a lot of... Uh, important decisions to make a lot of plans to be made and unfortunately you guess wrong in this day and time you won't have to worry about making any more decisions in life because you won't be here so with that brothers and sisters i appreciate your support i appreciate you all coming out i appreciate people who donate in the cash app i appreciate everyone who shares the link who spreads the message and with that i will say a BB for ODA and straight black pride. You, the people, have the power, the power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us all unite. OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Lord individual. Cindy Ashley Production. On the wake up.